Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from the Charles Barkley School of Race Relations, it's the Fourth and Inches Show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, belated Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, sorry that uh, your uh, cowboys turned into turkeys there on Thanksgiving Day, but uh, that was a little bit surprising. But uh, yeah, as a Giants fan, I really can can't criticize too much because uh, they were really. Uh, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory against the Jaguars there, but uh, so what did you uh, think watching the game on Thursday? Um, I think that the Cowboys look like a team that had, you know, had a short week, has an injured quarterback, and was a little underprepared, and they couldn't keep up with the Eagles offense. So I think the Bears will be a little better this week. I think they're going to come out stronger against the Eagles when they play them next. But so I'm I'm trying to not get too upset about this. I also appreciate that they gave me an early birthday present by not playing on Sunday, which is my actual birthday, but instead playing on Thursday. So if they do lose, it's not going to ruin my whole day. <laughs> That's right. Early happy belated happy Thanksgiving and early happy birthday. <laughs> so hopefully the Cowboys will uh, give you an early birthday present there. They better. You're playing the Thursday night game against the uh, the Bears this Bears. week, who stunk up the joint too on Thanksgiving Day, so at least they have that in common with the Cowboys. But uh, several other things I just wanted to touch on with you um, before we get into the matchups. But first, why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with us for this, our 98th show, so we're going to be popping champagne in in a couple weeks. Closing in on syndication. (laughs) I I should say Um. that... um, I've only I've missed I've actually missed I think three of the ninety eight shows whereas you've been present for all ninety eight so kudos to you you're the the Lou Gehrig or the Cal Ripken of uh, the fourth and inches show. Hey man, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> um, but of course, we want to hear from you throughout the whole show as we have wanted to for the past ninety seven shows. There are a whole bunch of ways to get a hold of us throughout this hour. We'll be here until 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Easiest way would probably be calling. That's 347-989-8088. That's 347-989-8088. You can always tweet us at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. Or at Fantasy underscore Sherpa or JKIM16. You can also email us at the number 4THN Inches Show. Find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page or at FantasyFootballSherpa.com all week long, of course. And then your your favorite carrier pigeon, postal service, smoke signals, I mean, whatever works for you. We're here. <laughs> I think the cat is starting to send me smoke signals. He's already destroying things. but uh, He wants to we'll be see. on the show so bad. <laughs> well, maybe we'll let him on for the Centennial show, but... Yeah, he can make an appearance. As long as he promises to talk about non-cat teams as well as the Tigers and the Jaguars and the Panthers. I'm not sure we can get him to commit to that. Probably not, so I'm not sure he can (laughs) commit to having us let him on the show. He may want to talk about teams like the Dolphins, since they're fish and he might like to eat them, but uh, beyond that, I can't Uh, see him having a whole lot of interest. Probably not. So... Anyway, a few things that I wanted to touch on with you before we get into the games this week. First of all, how about the mess that is the New York team's uh, coaching situations there? Do you think that uh, either of those guys will be back next year, or do you think they're both dead men walking at this point? What's your take on that? Uh, I think Rex Ryan's definitely on the way out. I mean, he barely got in to this season as it was. Um if if I had to pick one of the two to keep his job, it'd be Tom Coughlin. But even that, I just don't think is going to happen. Uh, I think they're both probably going to be out of town. I mean, I think I think that they'll both find work elsewhere because I think a lot of other teams are going to be getting rid of coaches. I just I don't think they're being hurt anymore. I think they've become white noise to their teams, and it's just not working. I think my prediction is that neither one of them will be coaching next year, at least not as a head coach. I think Tom Coughlin will probably retire, and I'm guessing that uh, Rex Ryan, if he gets any offers, it's probably going to be as a defensive coordinator somewhere. Maybe the Saints will hire him to replace uh, his brother, Rob, who's apparently feuding with uh, Sean Payton there. But So that was one thing I wanted to 
touch on with actually a novel idea would be what if the two of them switch jobs that that could be real interesting it could be i don't think that they would be great for the jets i think they need to f- find a coach who is a little more offensive minded to fix their offense but well, you know, I, maybe rex can I stay on as the defensive coordinator <laughs> Well, neither neither of those. Yeah, Tom Coughlin could have Rex as his defensive coordinator for the Jets. I don't think either of those guys, though, unless they learn how to play quarterback over the summer, is really going to fix what's wrong with the Jets. But uh, I mean, how could you do what they did in the Monday night game against the Dolphins and only run what was it eight pass plays in the first fifty-eight minutes of the game? You know, it's just yeah, it's like saying yeah. like we just don't even want to. We'll, we'll put anybody out at the quarterback position. I mean, they might as well just trade for Denard Robinson. Let him be a quarterback slash running back. I mean, the way they're running their offense, it would be a Put better Matt fit. Matt Sims out there, Chris Sims, even Phil yeah, Sims probably not? would have done a better job for them. So, some Shoot, other things I, I wanted to just. <laughs> oh, you're a better quarterback than I am then, because I don't think I would have gotten <laughs> slaughtered. But uh, maybe it's. Just I mean, me. I'm only five so, four. I doubt I would have survived very long. But I feel like yeah, I could. Yeah, might done. be able to hide behind some of the <laughs> offensive linemen or crawl beneath them. Yeah. Who knows? And I don't so, have to throw, about, so it doesn't matter. I can't see my receivers downfield. It's fine. No, that's true. Well, there would be a built-in excuse then. But uh, so, how about the Ray Rice situation? You think that you know now that he's been cleared to resume his NFL career, you think anybody's going to touch him for the rest of this season? By touch him, I mean not punch him, but you know actually sign him. Or do you think that he's waiting until I next just, season for employment? I think it's going to happen next in the off season or next year. I just think that. It's very telling that this week several teams worked out running backs and none of them were named Ray Rice. Um, the fact that it's just it's still too much of a, a public relations issue for pretty much everybody right now, I think. Granted, he's trying, yeah. he and his wife are trying to go out and, and save a little bit of face and try to make it go away, but it's it's almost making the conversation come back up and it's almost worse. Yeah, it, it does seem that way. And, uh, yeah, it's, that's a mess. How about the uh, situation with the St. Louis players uh, protesting the Michael Brown decision this week? I I actually, I know a lot of people had problems with that. I actually don't have a problem with it. I mean, you know, football players, athletes, public figures, they're people too. They're allowed to have an opinion. They're allowed to voice it. Granted, I don't know if it was necessarily the best forum ever, but I, I mean, it's something that's relevant to the team, to these people, to the area. If they have a feeling on it, if someone had gone out there and, and done some kind of protest against domestic violence, people would have been fine with it. It wouldn't even have been a problem. But this is a little bit more hot button of an issue. I just, I think it's okay for them to have an opinion on things and to do that. It's not like it was, you know, a huge deal. It was a fairly low key as far as protesting things that are going to go. So I just, I don't know. To me, it wasn't a huge issue. Well, I agree with you about the whole idea of the players having the right to protest. And I actually like when players take a stand on something. You know, too often it just mm-hmm. seems that they're afraid to do anything for risk of losing yeah. their corporate sponsorships. The only thing that I didn't like about this particular protest was when they asked uh, Jared Cook about it afterwards, and he said, oh, we weren't taking sides, which... To me, it was a bunch yeah, of hooey. Sure. I mean, uh, I mean yeah. come on. <laughs> Look at yeah, what you that, did. That you I clearly took a side. Yeah. Right, you clearly took a just side. own it. If you're going to do gonna it, do just that, own least, what you're doing. Right, at least fess up to it and not you know, say, oh, we, mm-hmm. we just did it for the heck of it and that it doesn't have any meaning one way or the other. Well, and um, a lot of, I mean, before, the, the casual average fan may not have known what it meant had it not been explained either. I mean... Sure, it looked strange at the beginning, but it wasn't like they went out there with a big sign like, hey, this is what we're protesting. No, that's true. I mean, I guess, yeah, if somebody hadn't been following the news this summer or so, but Mm -hmm. it would have been hard, especially given that it was St. Louis and that much of the nation's attention last week was riveted on that. I think it would be hard to, you know, to not draw that connection, but we'll see. The last thing I wanted to ask you about before we jump into the games was how about the Cleveland quarterbacking situation? As you know, you know, Johnny Menzel replaced the ineffective Brian Hoyer during the game last week, and now today Mike Pettine came out and said, no, we're sticking with Hoyer going forward. Uh, first of all, do you think 
it was the right decision to pull Hoyer last week? And secondly, do you think it's the right decision to start him this week? Um, I think it was probably the right call to pull him last week. You may as well give Johnny football some reps, see what he can do. I think I would have liked the decision a lot better had it not been Manziel behind him, just because, hey, you know this is going to stir up a a whole firestorm, especially in the media. It's going to be a thing. It's not just, hey, we're losing. It's garbage time. We put our backup in to save our quarterback, because that wasn't what it was. Um, I think they're making the right call by starting Brian Hoyer this week. I just – we have nothing to show or to say that Johnny Manziel is – in any way going to be an upgrade or is ready for this. I mean, he's gotten almost no reps. He hasn't been on the field in almost 10 weeks. And I just, Brian Hoyer's the first, you know, quarterback with a winning record in Cleveland in almost, I I think, like two decades. So it's kind of like the guy brought you to the dance. You guys are, it's, the, the chance of them getting into the playoffs at this point is slim to none. And until the season's really, truly over, I don't think you can put Manziel in because then you're going to burn that bridge. I mean, if you once you put Manziel in, I don't think Brian Hoyer is even a factor in Cleveland anymore. I think he's calling his agent and saying, get me the hell out of here. I just – I don't think anything good or positive is going to come from putting Manziel in now except maybe you sell a few more tickets. Well, but the thing is, I mean, you know, as you alluded to, you know, they're in the – playoff hunt, but you know, I don't think their situation is quite as yeah. dire. I mean, they're one of you know, six teams in the AFC with a 7-5 and five record. And, you know, but I think, I think they're at the bottom of all the tiebreakers because they're awful in conference. Um, it's, it's true, but I just think that by putting Manziel in, even for that brief you know, portion at the end of the game, you know, you, you know that any other quarterback, you know, nobody's going to pay too much attention to it, but because of who it is, I just think that yeah. that probably risks dividing the locker room when you've got a team that's already on the edge of uh, contending there. So I, I just didn't think that was a smart move. I think they're making the right move to, you know, go with Hoyer this week, but I, I don't think they made the right move in, in putting uh, Manziel in last week just because of who he is. Yeah, and I just I, – because you know it's not going to be a simple cut and dry thing. There was just no way. I mean, when he even gets close to coming on the field, it's like a breaking news alert on ESPN. So it's right, or when he either, either Brian Hoyer's your guy or he's not, and they need to figure that out. I think this week if Brian Hoyer struggles again, I think we're going to see Johnny Menzel starting the following week because you lose – I just I don't think Manziel can have his first game be against the Colts. I don't think the Browns organization, even if the coach wanted to, the front office I don't think would let him get set up for you know almost certain failure that way. Yeah, but we'll, I just, we'll see. Brian Hoyer's got to throw some touchdowns. <laughs> like that's really what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, they they do, and you figure with Josh Gordon back now, their offense should be better. I mean, yes, Miles Austin. We'll get into that later, but. Uh, Anyway, so any injuries from last weekend's games that we should be concerned about? Well, I think the biggest one, the biggest is more so people coming back. Roddy White and Larry Fitzgerald, are it looks like, are both on track to play this week. But um, the most notable injury from last week was Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, there were some probably not true reports of him having broken his wrist. He hit his wrist on a helmet. Uh, it looks like it's probably more just he dinged a nerve, bruised it badly, something like that. He's going to be fine. He's going to play this week. It just got – the internet got very intense on that <laughs> last couple of days. Okay. Um, you know, I was just starting to allude to before, not that many people would have him in their starting fantasy lineups, but just in case you're in a really deep league and had Miles Austin on your team, you know, he's – done for the year with kidney problems, yeah. so you should probably look elsewhere for a, yeah, a starting wide receiver. I hope, I hope receiver. he wasn't a cornerstone of your playoff team, but if he was, no. hey, I don't know how you got there, but good job for you. <laughs> no. but And then the other thing, just to mention briefly, the Bears today went out and signed Jay Feely because uh, Robbie Gold is still having problems with his quad and yeah, seems unlikely to play Thursday night, but 
uh, chances are you don't have uh, Robbie Gold in your starting lineup either, but if you do, get him out of there for this week. So, good advice, good advice. So let's dive right into the game, since starting with the Thursday night game, Dallas at Chicago. This is one of the two games this year on a Thursday night that's not a, a division rivalry game, unless they've changed yeah. the divisions this week, and I missed that. But, Surprise! So, yeah, I just think that Dallas should be able to do whatever they want to against that Chicago defense. Chicago, their run game, you know, even with Matt Forte, hasn't been what it should be this year. And even though I think they'll be able to throw the ball, you know, both these teams have had a week since the Thanksgiving game. I think Dallas is the better team, and it'll show here. I'll go with Dallas by 10 points. I'll say Dallas 31, Chicago 21. Um, yeah, I can go with that score even. I think Dallas needs to bounce back here. Uh, they they need a pretty commanding victory. Chicago is sort of a train wreck, even against Dallas's poorest defense. I just don't see this being their day. Uh, sorry, uh, Bears fans, this maybe uh, isn't going to be your week, but I'm sure it's still nice and cold and you have, you know, the Bulls and other things to look at in the Chicago area. <laughs> But uh, fantasy-wise, for the Cowboys, start Tony Romo, start DeMarco Murray. Obviously, he's going to get some touches here. Start Des Bryant. Uh, I'm going to even go ahead and start Terrence Williams this week. He became sort of non-existent the last few weeks. I think he's going to come back into the fold here a little better. Definitely like tight end Jason Witten, but I am staying away from kicker Dan Bailey on the defense just because I don't think Chicago's going to win this game doesn't mean I – necessarily think the Cowboys' defense is a good play. So for Chicago, I would start quarterback Jay Cutler, running back Matt Forte, wide receiver Brandon Marshall, tight end Martellus Bennett, who's probable with a foot injury. Um, wait and see on wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey. He's questionable with a hamstring injury right now. If he's well enough to play, you want him in your lineup. But you know, hamstrings, cold weather, not a good mix. So, mm-hmm. um if you have better options, I'd suggest uh, going with them this week. Kicker Robbie Gold, as we mentioned before, unlikely to play because of his quad injury, but I wouldn't start his you know, likely replacement, Jay Feely, either, uh, and that would stay away from Chicago's defense because I think Dallas is going to run up the, the, the score on, on Chicago here. Can we call this the Martellus Bennett Bowl since he used to be Jason Witten's backup? That's right. We can we can look for all sorts of interesting angles in these games. So this is <laughs> there's there's a number of revenge games this week, and so this could be the Martellus Bennett uh, revenge game. So <laughs> so now let's go on to Tampa Bay and Detroit. I'm struggling for connections here, other than that they used to be in the same division back in the Paleolithic era. But yeah, <laughs> here Tampa, I think they'll be able to throw the ball some against Detroit's defense, but not run at all. Detroit doesn't have too much of a running game, even if they get Reggie Bush back this week. I think they're going to be spending most of the time throwing the ball. So I think Detroit will win this game pretty easily, but it's not going to be a real high-scoring game. I'll go with Detroit 23, Tampa Bay 13. All right. Uh, Yeah, it's hard to see this being a real shootout especially compared to some of the other games we're going to talk about. Um, I like maybe Detroit 24, Tampa 14, but this is just going to be kind of a lost year for Tampa, unfortunately, like several years. Fantasy-wise, not a ton to get excited about here. Josh McCown's more second quarterback option. What a shock there. Uh, I'd stay away from all the running backs. This isn't a great matchup. None of them are very healthy. It's not like it's a super effective run game to begin with. So, really, you're going to have better options in just about any other game. I will start wide receiver Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson. Someone has to eventually score points here. I think those are your two best bets. Stay away from tight end Austin Safarian Jenkins, kicker Ryan Lindell, and the defense. Just not a great day at the office for them. For Detroit, I would start quarterback Matthew Stafford, wide receivers Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate. Defense is a good play. Running back, Joy Bell, more of a flex option. Tight ends, Brandon Pettigrew and Eric Ebron are okay in deeper leagues, and kicker Matt Prater is all right. Stay away from running back, Reggie Bush. He's supposedly going to be back 
this week from his ankle injury, but uh, I, I just don't think that's a good play, especially if you're in your playoffs. You don't want to take chances with something like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily one you want to go with in a playoff week. So, all right, let's move along then to the next game on our schedule. And the good thing for New York football fans is that both the teams are on the road this week, so there's no booing from the home crowd this week, at least. So, you know, first up, we've got the Jets at Minnesota. Uh, I actually think the Jets are going to win this game. They have a as we saw Monday night against Miami, they have a decent run game, a non-existent pass game. Minnesota, though, has a non-existent pass game, and their their top rusher, Jarek McKinnon, is still being bothered by back injury and uh, is unlikely to play this week. So I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. don't think there will be much passing offense on either side. I think the Jets' run game is a little bit healthier than the Vikings at this point, and therefore I'm going to pick them to win this game. I'll say Jets 21, Minnesota 17. Oh, the Jets. Um, I Yeah, I mean, I think they have to win this game because they're more functional. As crazy as that sounds, they have it a little more together than Minnesota does, and that's more so because of their defense than anything else. Uh, this is just a game I have just about no interest in watching, which is pretty rare because I'll watch a lot of bad teams. Um, There's not going to be much of this game on red zone either. No, no, like I, I voluntarily will watch Jaguars, Titans, like whole preseason games, but I don't want to watch this game. Like that's how bad this is. <laughs> so anyway, fantasy-wise for the Jets, Geno Smith, strictly a second quarterback option, like we were talking about at the top of the show. I mean, if you're only going to run, you know, maybe 10 pass plays a whole game, probably not a good fantasy quarterback for you, especially when his incompletion rate is so high. I will, however, start Chris Ivory and Chris Johnson. I think that's where a lot of their points are going to come. Uh, Eric Decker and Percy Harvin are both okay starts because, again, every now and then they're going to throw a pass. Somebody's got to be on the other side to catch them. So hopefully you're in PPR leagues. Hopefully you are not starting those as your wide receiver ones. But good luck to you if you are. Stay away from tight end Jeff Cumberland, kicker Nick Folk. But I will start the defense. So for Minnesota, I would start tight end Kyle Rudolph, who's had a couple nice games now that he's been back from his injury. Start the defense in what I expect will be a low-scoring game. Wide receivers Greg Jennings and Charles Johnson flex options in deeper leagues. Quarterback Teddy Bridgewater should be on your bench. Running backs Jarek McKinnon, who's doubtful with a back injury, and Matt Asiata and Ben Tate. All of those guys should be on your bench. And wide receiver Cordero Patterson has been one of my biggest fantasy disappointments, fantasy busts this year. I just thought he was going to have a real good season, and it's just not happening. So don't take a chance on him turning things around uh, in your playoff week. So stay away from him, too. All right. Yeah, that was a shame. He started so hot, and we were both very excited about him, and it just just totally fizzled out. Yeah, there's, there's always next year, I suppose, but Speaking of next year, here's two teams that are playing for next year, and that would be St. Louis at Washington. Washington, the the stats don't look that bad when you look at their offense and their defense, but the one-loss record suggests otherwise. St. Louis should be able to run some and pass some against Washington, but I think the big miss in this game is that St. Louis has a really strong defense. I mean, they've looked good a couple of times in recent weeks, but really, if the Washington offense is hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, I think they should be able to control this game. And I'll take it a a close game, but I'll I'll say that Washington wins this. I'll say Redskins 24, uh, Rams 20. 24-20, I I think that the Rams are going to win. I think it's going to be more like... 24-23, 24-23, something super close down to the wire. Uh, I just St. Louis is a team I like a lot of aspects of. Washington, I think it's just it's hard to plan for them these days. Some days they look good, some days they don't. Now they've got Colt McCoy instead of RG3. The whole thing is 
is just kind of up in the air, and it's hard to pin down. Like, they have the talent. They have things there to be good. They just can't put it all together. Um, so, Sean Hill, I guess, is making the St. Louis offense work. I still like him better as a second quarterback option. I'll start Trey Mason, uh, wide receiver Stedman Bailey, and tight end Jared Cook. Even Greg the Leg this week, Greg Zerline, kicker, and the defense. So, i for as not excited as I am about the St. Louis offense, like I'll I'll start them on a lot of fantasy teams. For Washington, I like quarterback Colt McCoy. I think he's a good start this week. Same thing for running back Alfred Morris, wide receiver Pierre Garçon in the defense. Uh, running back Roy Hallou, as we've mentioned in previous weeks, is a decent flex option. Wide receiver Deshaun Jackson, usually an automatic fantasy start, but still he's has a leg injury and is questionable for Sunday, I wouldn't start him. Uh, Andre Roberts is okay as a flex option in the deeper league, and kicker Kai Forbath is all right. I'd stay away from all the Washington tight ends, so that means Jordan Reed, Miles Paul, and Logan Paulson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just so, the, the tight end position in Washington has been kind of a wasteland this year. Yeah, I mean, where where have you gone, Chris Cooley? But, uh, I know. <laughs> I know he was one of your favorites, but I I did really like him. For as much as he made fun of the Cowboys, I still really liked him as a football player. So next up is Baltimore at Miami. Baltimore has been sort of a Jekyll and Hyde team the last couple of weeks, which pretty good against uh, New Orleans in the Monday night game, and then laid an egg in a game they should have won last week at home against San Diego. Miami, you know, you know one week they're, they're looking awful. The next week they're still looking awful but managing to beat the Jets. I, I think the better team wins here, and for me that's Baltimore. I think they should be able to control the game with their run and pass just enough to win. Miami, not much of a running game. They're going to be relying primarily on the pass, but I – like Baltimore by nine points in this game. I'll say Baltimore 30, Miami 21. Yeah, I don't have too much of a problem with the score. I think Miami has some of what they need to be a good team, and I think they've really made the most out of what they have. But until they have an effective, you know, real run game that's not Lamar Miller, I think that it's going to be kind of a tough go for them. Baltimore, for as up and down as they've been, really are, are – trending more up lately, and a win's a win. It doesn't always have to be pretty. I think they're going to get another one this week. Joe Flacco is more of a second quarterback option for me. Uh, I'm not usually a huge fan of him as a fantasy quarterback. Justin Forsett, on the other hand, I'll definitely start, as well as wide receivers Steve Smith and Torrey Smith. I'm going to stay away from tight end Owen Daniels. I don't think there's going to be enough there. Plus, I don't like the matchup against the Miami defense. Kicker Justin Tucker's a no-go for me as well, but I am going to start the defense. So for Miami, I, I like quarterback Ryan Tannehill only because I think he'll probably have to throw the ball 50 times in this game. And with his completion percentage, that probably means 30 to 35 uh, completions. I like wide receivers Mike Wallace and Jarvis Landry. Running back Lamar mm-hmm. Miller, uh, more of a flex option. Same thing for wide receiver Brian Hartline. Stay away from tight ends. Charles Clay is still injured and Deion Sims who isn't, but you know, still shouldn't be in your fantasy starting lineup. Stay away from kicker nope. Caleb Sturgis and the Dolphins defense. All right, fair enough. Moving right along, we've got a game here, Carolina at New Orleans. I was really disappointed that both New Orleans and Atlanta won last week. I was hoping that they would both keep losing and that the only time either of them would win the rest of the season is when they play each other so that the division winner would have a 5-11 and 11 record. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen, but now I'm still rooting for all losses and a 6-10 and 10 division winner, but you know, a 6-10 and 10 team hosting a playoff game, that would be awesome. So, but I mean, at unfortunately, this point, why not? It'd be the most interesting outcome. Unfortunately, I don't think that scenario is likely to happen just because I think New Orleans is is slightly better team than Carolina, and I think they will be able to break their jinx at home where they lost their last three games. But this game, Carolina, again, as we mentioned before, Rob Ryan, not much of a defense there in New Orleans this year, so Carolina should be able to run and pass 
at will, especially New Orleans, but I just think New Orleans has more weapons on offense, and therefore I'm going to say that they win this game by touchdown. I'll say New Orleans 34, Carolina 27. I don't know if I believe Carolina can score that many points even on this pretty awful Rob Bryant defense. I think it's going to be more like 35-21. I just this Carolina team does not impress me very much. Cam Newton strictly second quarterback option for me. This is not a great matchup for him. Uh I'll start Jonathan Stewart. Kelvin Benjamin is an okay start. He's really the only one that's going to be able to do much for this offense. Jericho Cotre is more a flex option for me. I'm going to go ahead and start tight end Greg Olson because I think that Newton is going to be pressured. He's going to have to throw, and that Olson may get more opportunity than usual. But staying away from kicker Graham Gano and the defense. The New Orleans start quarterback Drew Brees wouldn't surprise me at all if he had a 400-yard game this week. No. Wide receivers Marcus Colston, Kenny Stills, tight end Jimmy Graham, kicker Shane Graham. Uh, running backs Mark Ingram and Pierre Thomas. Mark Ingram definitely having the better season of the two, but just the fact that Pierre Thomas is back now muddles the picture. So I would say both of those are guys are flex options at best for me. Defense, I'm okay with starting. Maybe I'm being too optimistic by uh, giving Carolina 27 points. Or maybe they all come off as special teams. I don't know. But yeah, I think the New Orleans defense is an okay start for one of the few times this year. I would keep running backs to that Tavares Cadet and Kyrie Robinson on the bench. Kyrie Robinson looks like he'll play this week, but still when a guy's missed five or six weeks and has two capable running backs ahead of him, yeah, he's not somebody you should be starting in your fantasy league playoffs. Not a great choice, that's for sure. You gotta be in a super, super deep league. <laughs> yeah. So next up we've got Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, these two teams both been on yo-yos first three games of the season Cincinnati looked like they might be the best team in the league. Then they went into somewhat of a nosedive and then pulled out of it somewhat the last couple weeks. Pittsburgh, just the opposite, started off not very well. Um, And then they hit that stretch where they were scoring 50 points a game for a couple weeks. And then, you know, last week losing at home to a New Orleans team that doesn't have a defense, not very impressive. So, you add that all up and you would say, well, Cincinnati probably should be favored to win this game. But when I look at it, I see something completely different. I think Ben Roethlisberger, his wrist injury, he'll overcome that. And I think Cincinnati's defense isn't as good as it was last year. And I just don't think they have enough um, firepower on offense to keep up with Pittsburgh. So I'll say that Pittsburgh wins this by a couple of touchdowns. I'll predict a blowout. I'll say Pittsburgh 38 Cincinnati 24. I feel like this is this game could either be one of those just total barn burner 9-6 AFC North games that we see from time to time or it's going to be like a 35-32 game really easily. Like I just don't think there's much middle ground here. I think that this is going to be a little closer to a higher scoring game than to a defensive matchup because neither defense is really anything to really write home about right now. I'm not worried about Ben Roethlisberger's wrist at all. I mean, it happened, I think, in the second quarter last week. He was fine in the second half. Um, so, I, for me, that's the difference. I think that right now he's a better quarterback than Andy Dalton is. I do love the Ginger Ninja, but right now he's looking much more game manager than quarterback. Uh, and so, pretty much on that alone, I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I'm going to take him in a smaller margin than you. I like him more by, like, a touchdown. Um, but fantasy-wise, Ben Roethlisberger is definitely a start for me. Le'Veon Bell is as well. I'll start Antonio Brown and Marcus Wien. I think this could be a game where you're going to get a couple of of deep passes down the field that are going to turn into touchdowns that way. Heath Miller, like more as a flex option if you're going to use him. I don't know if it's going to be a huge day for him. I'm staying away from kicker Sean Suizum and the defense, though. So if we're looking for common threads here, I'll, I'll throw out an unusual one. Um, this game features two guys with probably the best hair in the NFL, and that would be Troy Palomalu really? for the Steelers and Demata Peco for the Bengals. So there's so we'll, there's a we'll little call this uh, the hair ball. <laughs> the hair ball. So <laughs> as opposed to a hard ball or a hard ball. 
But uh, there you go. This is anyway. another game the cat could get interested in. Bengals, yeah. hairballs, this is right up his alley. Yeah, the cat will definitely be rooting for the Bengals in this one. I would start <laughs> running backs Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard for the Bengals. Wide receiver A.J. Green, a little bit dinged up, but as long as he plays, he's worth starting. Quarterback Andy Dalton, more of the second quarterback option for me this week if you're in a two-quarterback league. Wide receiver Mohamed Sanu, obviously his targets have gone down with uh, A.J. Green back or his importance in the offense has gone down, but I think he's still worth starting as a flex option, especially if A.J. Green can't play. Tight end Jermaine Gresham is a decent start at tight end. Kicker Mike Nugent, okay, but I'd stay away from Cincinnati's defense because I definitely expect a a barn burner rather than a defensive struggle in this one. Yeah, I think it's it's much more likely. All right, so moving right along here, the Giants, they played so well against uh, an AFC South team last week, that being Jacksonville, that the schedule makers kindly allowed them to try again on the road against another AFC South team this week. So got the Giants at Tennessee. Giants run game... Rashad Jennings, it's just not working, but I do think they'll be able to pass quite a bit against Tennessee. Tennessee, the opposite. They should be able to run quite a bit against the Giants, but with Zach Mettenberg uh, bothered by his shoulder injury, courtesy of being slammed to the ground again, at least uh, he didn't, J.J. Watt didn't take a selfie this time, but uh, (laughs) I just... I actually think that, and maybe it's just me as a homer here, but I actually think the Giants should win this game. It's hard for me to believe that they're going to turn the ball over twice on offense the way they did, you know, leading to touchdowns the way they did last week. So I'll take the Giants to win a close one here. I'll pick New York 24, Tennessee 20, and after 97 shows, I think I know you well enough to know that you're going to pick Tennessee here, but let's see if I'm wrong. I just can't help it. I mean, I... I... There's just something inside of me that wants through for these underdogs. And I see this potential, and everyone else <laughs> thinks I'm crazy. But I like the Tennessee team. I like parts of it. Um, I think that if they've got a chance to, quote-unquote, upset a team, this is it, being at home against the Giants, who are pretty beat up with injuries and not in the world's best place right now. Um, I think maybe they can steal a game here. I think it'd be very close. I'd, something you know, they'd have to do something on defense to really help them because I don't think their offense alone can win it. But I'm, like you said, I'm consistent. (laughs) I'm going to take Tennessee. Uh, Fantasy-wise, Eli's more a second quarterback option. I do like Rashad Jennings and Odell Beckham, as well as Ruben Randall. I'm going to start this week. Uh, I think probably their, their pass game will be a little bit more interesting against this Tennessee offense than maybe uh, their run game will. But tight end Larry Donnell is a good start as well as kicker Josh Brown. And even if I'm picking Tennessee to win, I still think the Giants' defense is a pretty good play this week. I guess the common thread here would be Giants and Titans. So we're talking big people here. True, the true. The there big. we go. I like it. We're, there we go. we're just rolling it's right along It's a little bit here. of a stretch, but not as much yeah. of a stretch as the okay. hair or the hairball, but it's still a pretty big stretch. Whatever, it works. So for Tennessee, I would start running back Bishop Sankey, wide receiver Kendall Wright, who had a nice game last week, tight end Delaney Walker, quarterback Zach Mettenberger, his shoulder seems to be okay, so I'd start him, but only as a second quarterback option if you need one. Running back Sean Green, okay, as a flex option, deeper league. Wide receiver Justin Hunter is okay, defense okay. Stay away from wide receiver Nate Washington and kicker Ryan Suckup. Oh, Ryan Suckup. <sighs> what are we going to do with him? <laughs> I, I lost interest in him once he left the Chiefs. But... All right, <laughs> I see this, that. This, <laughs> this next game we don't have to look... Quickly. Yes. This next game we don't have to look too hard for a common thread here. We've got Indianapolis at Cleveland. Of course, the common yep. thread being... Trent Richardson, who was traded last year from Cleveland Mm -hmm. to Indianapolis, who has vowed that if he scores a touchdown this week, he's going to do a celebratory leap into the dog pound. Don't worry, Trent. I don't think you have anything to worry about. Or I should say Cleveland fans, I don't think you have anything to worry about. It's not going to happen. But uh, I do think Indianapolis is going to 
find lots of offense in this game. It just won't be from Trent Richardson. But uh, Cleveland, I think, in spite of all the, the nonsense at quarterback, they should be able to move the ball pretty easily against Indy's defense, too. It all adds up to a shootout for me. I'll say Indianapolis wins it by a field goal. I'll say Indianapolis 34, Cleveland 31, Trent Richardson 0. <laughs> Trent Richardson 0. Uh, Indy definitely is going to win this game. I think they win by 10 points. Um Trent Richardson probably going to get dropped if he tries to jump into the dog pound. Like you said, I doubt it's going to be uh, a huge issue for him. <clears throat> While we're talking about him, he's really only a flex option for you this week. Uh, definitely start Andrew Luck. Uh, Daniel Heron as well is an okay start. T.Y. Hilton's good. Devontae Moncrief I'm okay with starting as well as Reggie Wayne. Tight end Cody Fleener, he's kind of the cream that's floated to the top here. Out of the tight ends, Dwayne Allen got hurt and just never really factored back into things this year. Stay away from the defense and kicker Adam Vinatieri. Uh, I think that their defense isn't great, but even against Cleveland, who's looking like a hot mess on offense, probably still not a good play. Plus, we don't know if, if things get rough. Maybe get Johnny Manziel in the second half and things get weird. I just, I'd rather stay away from the defense this week. Yeah, I Dan Heron has been a nice pickup in a lot of leagues. Yeah. He looked pretty good last week, and I actually, you know, if I had to own a running back in Indianapolis right now, it would probably be um, Dan Heron first, Ahmad Bradshaw, yeah. even though he's on IR second, and then Trent Richardson. Yeah, I, Heron's definitely my favorite of the bunch right now. Trent Richardson has not been impressive, so no. it's kind of hard to get excited so, about him. For Trent Richardson's former team, Cleveland, I would start wide receivers Josh Gordon and Andrew Hawkins, kicker Billy Cundiff. Um, quarterback Brian Hoyer only is a second quarterback for me, not because you know, I, I think that Cleveland Cleveland should score a lot of points in this game. I'm just not convinced he's going to be the quarterback for the balance of the game. We'll see. But whoever is yeah. your quarterback should uh, rack up pretty nice stats for you. Running backs Isaiah Crowell and Terrence West, flex options. Would not start quarterback Johnny Munzel. Wide receiver Miles Austin, as we mentioned before, went on IR today with a kidney injury. Don't start him. Tight end Jordan Cameron is looking like he might play this week. He's missed, I think, you know, four or five games in a row with a concussion injury, but still not somebody you need to start, especially in your playoffs, and above all, stay away from Cleveland's defense this week, because Indy should uh, find the the end zone early and often in this game. Yeah, I think we will see a lot of this game on red zone. <laughs> yes. So, next game up, which the, the cat will like, is Houston at Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> but I don't think the cat's going to like the outcome of the game, because I think Houston... <laughs> will be able to run, pass, do whatever they want. Jacksonville, don't think they'll be able to run too much. Houston, in spite of having J.J. Watt, their their pass defense has not been real good this week. You would think somebody like that getting pressure on the quarterback all the time would lead to a good pass defense. They're actually ranked towards the bottom of the league in yards per game given up through the pass, so yeah, not so impressive, but... I just think that Houston has more offensive firepower. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to throw six touchdown passes again this week, much as I'd like to see that happen. But I think Jacksonville just doesn't have enough to keep up, so I'll go with the final score of Houston 34, Jacksonville 21. Yeah, I don't really have a problem with the score. I just Jacksonville, you know, they, they do some good things from time to time. It's just not going to be enough. Houston team just has too much on offense right now, and J.J. Watt is also apparently taking up playing tight end. That's not going to help matters at all. So fantasy-wise, Ryan Fitzpatrick I'm perfectly fine with starting, as well as Arian Foster, who looks like he'll be good to go this week, doesn't seem to be having any problems after playing last week. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Andre Johnson are both okay to start. I don't like tight end Garrett Graham, really just, been kind of a, a tough year at tight end for Houston as well. I will start J.J. Watt and the defense. Yeah, I mean, open the door for J.J. Watt, so I guess it's not all bad. We need more <laughs> two-way players in the NFL again. That would be fun. This yeah. Deion's I mean, the last I'm, one I'm, I remember who did it pretty consistently, Deion Sanders, but that was 
several uh, generations, several NFL generations ago. So so for Jacksonville, I like quarterback Blake Bortles. I think he'll throw a lot this week. Running back Denard Robinson's okay. The wide receivers, I wouldn't say any of them are must-starts just because you never know from one week to the next who's going to get the bulk of the targets. One week it's Cecil Shorts, one week it's Alan Hearns, the next week it's Marquise Lee who looked good last week and then got banged up at the end of the game. Tight end Mercedes Lewis doesn't look like he's all the way back from his injury yet, but if you're desperate for a, a tight end or a flex option in a deeper league, go ahead. And I would keep wide uh, kicker Josh Scobie and the defense on the bench. Okay. Poor Josh Scobie. Every week I lament his his situation, but let's go to the uh the afternoon slash late games. <laughs> yeah. One of these weeks we'll be able to say Scobie do, but uh not this week. So <laughs> So for the, the late games or as you like to call them, the, the afternoon games. First up mm-hmm. we've got Kansas City at Arizona. Both these teams seem to be heading south at the wrong time of the season. Yeah. Arizona, to me, it's just, you know, they're death by a thousand paper cuts. You know, they lose Carson Palmer, they lose Larry Fitzgerald, they lose Andre Ellington. I just think this team is a shell of the team that started out 9-1. and one. You know, At this point, they've lost a couple games in a row. I think that uh, the bad news is going to continue for them. Kansas City looked awful against Denver, but they're still in the playoff hunt, one of those uh, 7-5 teams in the AFC that needs to win. And yeah, I think they're going to do it. I, I think Kansas City wins this 21 over Arizona 17. And you know, much as it would have been a nice story for Arizona to, you know, they'll probably still make the playoffs even with uh, nine or ten wins. But uh, you know, they don't look like they're the, the favorite anymore to be playing on their home field for the Super Bowl. No, it looked good a couple weeks ago, but Drew Stanton just, just. I I wanted to think it was going to work. I was excited about it. It looked good the first week, but now there's film on him, and there seems to be some holes that are being exploited in this game, and I just think that it's going to get worse before it gets better for Arizona. I think they probably will still sneak into the playoffs, but I just I don't think they're going to go to or win a Super Bowl this year. It's a shame. It was a nice story. I liked it. It just didn't work out so well yeah. for them didn't work out, and we're saying this, of course, there's still four weeks left in the season, but yeah, this reminds yeah, me but, almost yeah. <laughs> of a couple of years ago when they started off 4-0, and and you just knew that this wasn't going to work out well, and they you know, just went in a downward spiral, highlighted or low-lighted, if you will, by that awful 3 <laughs> nothing loss to the Jets. You know, when, God, that was you know, a bad game. Forget which just, Sims brother it was. I think it was Matt Sims that ended up being. No, it was um, the the Alabama guy whose name I'm forgetting now. That uh, Greg McElroy. Greg McElroy that ended up quarterbacking yeah. that and throwing uh, a, mm-hmm. you know, a pass that led that to a bad. score. But uh, anyway, I'm digressing here. So, yeah, <laughs> okay. for uh, Arizona, I would start wide receiver Michael Floyd in the defense. Wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald, if he plays, is a good start, but it's not certain that he will play after he missed the game last week. Wide receivers John Brown and Jaron Brown are okay. as flex options, tight end John Carlson, okay. I've seen Marion, running back Marion Grice picked up on a lot of waiver wires this week, but I don't think that's a good start against the Kansas City defense. Andre Ellington would be my preferred running back, but his foot is still bothering him. Don't worry about Stephon Taylor and uh, – Kicker Chandler, Catanzaro, stay away from him. There's just uh, not enough scoring there to make him worthwhile this week. Well, let me real quick give you my Kansas City picks because you just you just wrote Kansas City off here. <laughs> I did. My my bad. I get so excited. <laughs> they when are I your second Kat. team. You should care more about this. I, I should. Uh, but, but you know what? Since Ryan suck ups there, it's, I'm out it's of just order, kind of yeah. all lost terrain to you now. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Alex was more a second quarterback option for you. Uh, I like Jamal Charles, Dwayne Bowe, and tight end Travis Kelsey. Stay away from kicker Cairo Santos. He is no Ryan Suckup. And I'm staying away from the defense because I think Arizona is still going to be a factor here. I like Larry Fitzgerald coming back. Um, I think it will be an all right game, though. It's funny because right before I started in on Arizona, I was thinking, hey, wait a minute. 
I'm not sure that she went over the Kansas City lineup yet. Should I ask? Yeah, and I figured if I asked on live radio, that would Kansas be pretty City bad. So I just figured I'd <laughs> run with it, and then if I if if you hadn't done Kansas City yet, you would let me know then. So yeah, you figured I'd speak up eventually. We got to cover it. All We're all worked out. Yeah. All right. So this week, this time, uh, Buffalo at Denver. I'll make sure that you precede the precede my not things. Not a lot to talk with, about uh, Buffalo, but yes. <laughs> not a lot to talk about, so it'll be pretty short. But uh, mm-hmm. this game, Buffalo's defense is pretty impressive. Offense, not so much. So I don't think Denver will have one of their typical, you know, thirty-five to forty-five point outbursts, even at home. And but I still think that they win this game pretty easily. I just don't see Buffalo having a real good game. I don't think they'll be able to run at all. And with uh, Kyle Orton, their pass game isn't much to write home about either. So Denver, they're not going to run or be able to run or pass as much as they usually do. But even with not as much uh, offense as they usually get, they should still be able to win this game pretty easily. I'll go with the final score, Denver 28, Buffalo 14. I think Denver's going to score a little bit more than you do. I like maybe 31-14. I just I don't feel really strong about Buffalo going to Denver, playing against Denver. Just just overall, I would love for them to surprise me and really like make this a game. I just don't think it's going to happen. Kyle Orton's at best a second quarterback option. You can start Fred Jackson. Uh, Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins are okay starts, but really they're more like second and third wide receivers. Do not make them your first wide receivers on your team. Stay away from tight end Scott Chandler. I will, however, start kicker Dan Carpenter. I think he'll get a little work, and definitely not the defense. So the common thread in this game is that both teams have running backs named C.J. Of course, C.J. Spiller for Buffalo is on the – IR right now, so he's not going to help you much. But Denver running back C.J. Anderson has had a couple of good games, and I think he is a worthwhile fantasy start this week. Wide receiver Demarius Thomas is a good start. Defense is a good start. Quarterback Peyton Manning, this is one of the few weeks where I would say he's not a definite slam dunk, must start him. Sounds like you would disagree with that, but I just that's my opinion. Wide receiver Andre Caldwell more of a flex option. Tight end Julius Thomas. Um, his ankle is still bothering him, but he should play this week, so he's okay to start. Kicker Connor Barth, okay. Running backs Monte Ball and Monte Ball and Ronnie Hillman. Both of those guys should be on your bench if either one of them make it back this week, which doesn't sound like that's happening. And wide receiver Wes Welker, I don't know why I keep mentioning his name uh, when I have the Denver home games because uh, I don't think he's really fantasy relevant anymore. Yeah, I, maybe someday he'll come back, but we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be this week. Maybe next not year. not holding my breath. So no, don't do that. next game should be one of the more interesting games of the, the week, and that's Seattle at Philadelphia. The common thread, of course, here is that Philadelphia quarterback Mark Sanchez played quarterback in college at USC for Seattle coach Pete Carroll. And you might remember there was sort of a less than amicable press conference when when Mark Sanchez announced that he was leaving for um, the pros after his junior year and Pete Carroll and pretty much got there buried by Pete Carroll. <laughs> at his press conference and said, I don't think he's ready for the pros, but Anyway, the the Jets still took him, traded up to take him fourth overall, and we all know how that ended. But he's had a second life um, in Philadelphia, and I think this game, I think Seattle's defense is really strong. Philly's offense is really strong. If Mark Sanchez, Sanchez can run it and be effective with it, that gives you an idea of how interchangeable the parts are. But I just think his as good as Seattle's defense looked last week against San Francisco, I think Philadelphia's offense is just as strong. So I'm going to take them to win a shootout. I'll say final score, Philadelphia 31, Seattle 28, as Cody Parkey kicks a late field goal to win the game. I'm actually going to take Seattle to win this game, uh, partly because I think Pete Carroll knows a lot about how Mark Sanchez thinks as a quarterback and plays. Um, 
Seattle. Pete Carroll's seen some some of Chip Kelly in his day. I don't think that I like. I don't think the Seattle defense is going to have as tough of a time as say maybe the Dallas defense on a short week did with this offense. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be competitive. I think it's going to be a little higher scoring than you do, but I do think it's coming down to the wire and a field goal on Stephen Houchka's side instead of Cody Parkey. Um, I'm excited about this game. I think that Russell Wilson's got to kind of step up here and the Seattle defense needs to contain LaShawn McCoy a little bit, but I think those are both doable things. So I'm going to start Russell Wilson. I'm starting Marshawn Lynch, starting Doug Baldwin. Jermaine Curse could be a flex option for you this week. I'm going to start tight end Luke Wilson. Every week it's a different tight end. This week he's the big winner. Definitely start kicker Steven Hauschka and stay far away from the defense. I kind of like what Tony Moyaki has done there in recent weeks, but, again, I'm not sure I would start him. But And then if Marshawn Lynch's back continues to bother him, I actually like Robert Turbin. But, again, I'm not going to go out on the limb and say that I, think I would Marshawn start Lynch's him. I think Marshawn Lynch's contract is bothering him more than his back <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you keep reading that he's going to retire after this season because of the back problems. But, you know, he's, of course, he's a man of few words to begin with. He's certainly not going to go off on any exposés about how his back is hurting him. But we'll see. This is true. It'll be interesting. So for Philadelphia, I would start running back with Sean McCoy, wide receiver Jeremy Macklin, kicker Cody Parkey. Quarterback Mark Sanchez, second quarterback for me, wide receivers Jordy Matthews and Jordan Matthews. I'm trying to mix up Jordy <laughs> Nelson and Jordan Matthews. I mean, I'm sure somebody calls him Jordy. You're just super familiar with him. It's all right. <laughs> probably. Wide receivers Jordan Matthews and Riley Cooper are okay starts. Tight end Zachary, it's okay. Defense, okay. And stay away from tight end Brent Selleck, although you probably weren't starting him anymore. Hopefully not. All right, let's, so next, uh, let's go into uh, our version of the two-minute drill here. <laughs> okay, so next game up, Battle of the Bay, San Francisco at Oakland. This would be great if it was baseball. Unfortunately, it's football, True. and one team here, namely San Francisco, is vastly superior to the other team, any team that can lose, you know, 58 nothing. You know, it's funny that I usually pick Oakland to score zero or three points. Last week I picked them to score like 15 points, and they scored zero points. So I'm going to go back in the other direction this week, pick a low-scoring game for Oakland. I don't think they'll be able to do anything against San Francisco. San Francisco should be able to run and pass enough. I'll say San Francisco 24, Oakland 3. I like maybe 28-10, 28-14. Just, it's not going to be a fair fight. Start Colin Kaepernick, start Frank Gore, start Anquan Bolden, start Michael Crabtree. I actually don't like the matchup for tight end Vernon Davis. I think he better tight ends on a lot of other games, so I'm staying away from him as well as kicker Phil Dawson. But I will absolutely be starting the San Francisco defense this week. Yeah, that's probably the best defensive play of the week. And I don't know if you can actually call this the Battle of the Bay anymore with San Francisco actually playing in Santa Clara now, but I guess it's still close enough for government work. But we'll see. For Oakland, there's nobody I would start, simple enough. Wide receiver that I would definitely start, wide receiver James Jones, maybe as a flex option, tight end Michael Rivera, if you're desperate. And defense, okay. Quarterback Derek Carr, no. Running back Stern McFadden, Maurice Jones-Drew, Latavius Murray and Marcel Reese, no. Wide receiver Andre Holmes, no. And kicker Sebastian Janikowski, who I don't think I've recommended all season, no. 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 All right, Sunday all right. night. Sunday night game, we've got New England at San Diego. This should be an interesting game. I don't think it'll be as high scoring as you would necessarily believe if you watch these two offenses the last couple weeks, but I think San Diego's pass is going to, passing attack will be able to carry the day here. I'll go with a final score of San Diego 23, New England 20. I like maybe New England 35, San Diego 28, but I'm going to start Tom Brady, LeGarrette Blunt, Shane Vereen, Brandon LaFell, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, Steven Goskowski, but not the defense. Everybody else is good. San Diego, I'd start quarterback Phillip Rivers. Wide receiver Keenan Allen had a nice game last week. Start him again. Wide receiver Malcolm Floyd, start the defense. Um I would sit running backs Ryan Matthews, Donald Brown, and uh, Brandon Oliver, and you know there's there's really t- 
tight end uh, Antonio Gates and Nick Novak are okay starts for me, but uh, yeah, we should probably get moving on to the Monday night game since we're running out of time here. There we go. <laughs> All right. Monday night, this should be a high-scoring game, Atlanta at Green Bay. Uh, not too much defense on either side, especially Atlanta's, but Green Bay is at home, so I'll pick them to win a high-scoring game. I'll say Green Bay 31, Atlanta 27. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can go along with that score. Matt Ryan's more of a second quarterback option for me. His offensive line is awful, and I think he's going to see a lot of the Green Bay pass rush. It's going to prove to be difficult for him. I do like Steven Jackson, Julio Jones, and Roddy White. I'll even go out and start Harry Douglas this week because I think Jones and Roddy White may see uh, a little bit heavier coverage than normal, so Harry Douglas may be opened up for some more opportunities. Save from tight end Levine Toilolo, kicker Matt Bryant, and the defense. For Green Bay, start quarterback Aaron Rodgers, running back Eddie Lacy, wide receivers Jordy Nelson, don't call him Jordan, and Randall Cobb. <laughs> Kicker Mason Crosby, wide receiver Devontae Adams is okay. Is a flex option. Defense okay. Sit tight ends Richard Rodgers and Andrew Corliss, and that's it. All right, perfect. We will be back with you guys next week on Wednesday night from 9.30, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, as we are every week, inching closer to show 100. But in the meantime, you can find us all week long on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show, fantasy underscore Sherpa, or JKIM16. You can email us at the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com. Find us at fantasyfootballsherpa.com all week long as well as the Facebook page under Fantasy Football Sherpa. So be sure to hit us up, let us know what you think, and uh, like I always like to say, good luck to all of you unless you're playing me this week. <laughs> yeah, and especially this week with Janet's birthday on Sunday, you're not beating her. It's really not fair to, to try to beat me in the playoffs this week, so everyone just mail it in if you're playing me. <laughs> 